How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor list of lines. You can tweet at me as well. It is at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. It's overtime. Here on 106.7 The Fan, we're always streaming live nationally. On the free Odyssey app, it's the Youngest in Charge movement. Linnell Willingham will take you up to 10 o'clock tonight before we hand things over to Tech Talk Live. Right now, I want to continue to take your calls on the news we heard about three hours ago at the tail end of Grant and Danny. Senior NFL reporter Albert Breer from the MMQB came on the program and said that there is truth to the rumor that there is interest from Josh Harris and the Josh Harris ownership group in bringing in Patriots coach Bill Belichick. You know, these connections have been made for a while. Um, I would say, um, you know, in NFL circles, it's something that people have been talking about for a little while before it became public. And, you know, credit to Mike for, for, for getting the reporting on that nailed down. Um, I, I, I don't know, like, to what level it's advanced, but it's certainly been talked about, something that um, I think the one thing that I've had a hard time ascertaining is, like, exactly what context in which the commanders would bring Belichick in if that were to happen um would it be as like sort of a football czar would it be as a head coach would it be as both you know that part I'm not as sure about but it does seem like there would be some interest there so with Albert Breer I'm gonna call it putting it in wax uptown Dallas call it what this is Albert Breer saying this for him to come on these airwaves and Give us that information based on Albert's familiarity with the New England area. He works for NBCS Boston. He's been plugged into that Patriots organization for years. When Albert Breer says something like this, it lends it a little bit more credibility. Not to take away from what Mike Florio was reporting about a week and a half ago because he was spot on. This is something that's going around, according to Breer, for months in NFL circles. But Mike Florio... And company just now being able to drill down on this. A couple of different ways to look at it. And I want to hear from you all on this. One, are you receptive to bringing in Belichick in any capacity? And then two, if you are okay with Belichick coming here to D.C., in what capacity do you want him here? Do you want him here as just an executive and just somebody that's making decisions on personnel moves? Do you want him here as just a head coach focusing on only defense? Or do you want him here as both? I told you what I thought at the top of the show. There's no scenario in which I bring him here as head coach and GM. But if it's just as the head coach, 
You may have my attention. Let's go to Mike in Wheaton. What's going on, Mike? Couple of thoughts. Uh, one, the worry I have about bringing him there is what uh, are, are we going to jump over EB again? Oh, no. I don't like that. Uh, next thought, you wanted to know what about moving away from the team that brought Sam Powell here? But just a little while later, you said it's about W's and L's, and that's my answer to you. Too little, too late. Even if you did bring the generational talent at quarterback, too little, too late. Sorry, you had too long. You had too many misses in the draft. We're not going to give you any more time to uh, screw up the team further. And then uh, the last thing I wanted to say is, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people say they've got no interest in Belichick, but that man has had great defenses throughout the years. He gets all the Everyone's saying it's a Brady-led team and all the rest. There's another side of the football. Yes. And that's what he's, I think he's famous for. I would love for this team to be like a 86 or 1990 Giants, just a team that you know isn't going to give up more than 14 points in a game. 14 points is a lot of points for them to give up. I would love to see the Reds, uh, I'm sorry, the Commanders be the defensive team in the NFL. So if he can do that, yeah, I'd want him here. I, and I don't care what position you put him in, if that if that's what the goal is. But I haven't heard people say why they wouldn't want him here. Why wouldn't you want a proven champion here? Well, Mike, that's just dumb. Well, Mike, the only reason I don't want him here is because if it has to happen that way, I'm not for allowing him to pick players under any circumstances. I don't care how good he coaches the damn defense. If you don't got talent, you're not going to win. And that's the problem they're having right now in New England. The roster not just on defense, but one through 53 is talent deficient because of him. That's fair. That's my only thing. Yeah, if that's your take, that's fair. Mike, appreciate the call as always, my man. I think it's it's interesting. And Mike brings up something that I haven't really touched on yet here tonight. Bringing Bill Belichick here is just the head coach. To me, the only issue I'd have with that is, is he going to try to bring the band back together? Does that mean Matt Patricia's coming? Does that mean Joe Judge is coming? Does that mean Josh McDaniels is coming? Because I don't think if this ownership group and the football people in this building and that they will eventually hire, if everyone is on board with Sam Howell being the guy moving forward, I don't like the idea of making him learn a third system in three years. What do I mean by that? To me, if you're going to go forward with Sam Howell as the quarterback, you're going forward with Eric Bieniemy coaching him. And however that has to happen, whether that's EB being the head coach, whether that's EB being the offensive coordinator still, or what, their marriage over the past three weeks, to me, seems like the most, seems like the best chance to get this team back to the promised land. Say what you want about it, but throughout the last three weeks, it, it's it's been those two. Yeah, and I think one of the other callers, I forget mm-hmm. the name, hit it the head uh, nail on the head too. I mean, you got to look at his age also. Yes. I mean, he's currently 71 years old, and I'm looking at the league in general and some of these teams out here making moves. And coaching is just trending towards younger yep. individuals. You look at Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniels, Sean McVay. You know, there's guys out there that have shown success that are – in their late 30s, early 40s, things like that. Yep. I think just bringing in a 71-year-old guy, granted he has a great resume, 
I, I personally just don't think that that's necessarily our answer. And I wonder what it does. And obviously, guys would be on the move, and he would have final say over who's here. The personalities on this team dealing with Bill Belichick would really interest him. Really would. Neil is in Columbia. What's going on, Neil? Hey, Linnell. Hey, uh, fellow Magruder Colonel here. Yes, sir. What's going on, my man? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. But I'm doing less good uh-huh. than I was before I heard this other this new report on uh, Belichick coming to Washington. I, I don't want him coming to Washington in any capacity. Uh, I mean, you said it all, the stat with him as coach without Tom Brady What's his record for 81 and 90-something? It's horrible. I mean, that really says it all. And just look at his recent record as coach. You, you said you were uh, quaking thinking about him coaching against uh, Sam Howell. Well, I don't have the stats from that game up, but I don't remember Sam Howell doing too poorly when, yeah, he, yep. beat, when he beat the Patriots. And, uh, and look what he did with the Patriots last year with that messed-up situation with the offensive coordinator. He had Matt Patricia, a defensive coordinator, and another coach who was a special teams coach by trade, run the offense, and it was a foreseeable and complete disaster. And that's what he's been doing as head coach. I don't want him in Washington. Neil, I appreciate the call as always, my fellow Colonel Heat. Neil just hit on something that I've kind of omitted here in, in Bill Belichick and talking about his resume. I hit this nail on the head all summer, uptown down, multiple times you heard me say this. What he did in New England last year is a fireable offense if you don't have the resume of Bill Belichick. You get five years of a first-round rookie quarterback. You get five years of that contract and being team-friendly. And for him to just waste the year of Mac Jones last year, having Matt Patricia and Joe Judge coach him, it's ludicrous. It's honestly unacceptable. And that... That's a flaw on his coaching resume, not a flaw on his ability to pick talent. So there's that. Spicoli out in Rockville. What's going on? What's happening? What's happening? How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm really upset I, uh, with this whole uh, bringing Belichick here. Belichick here. There's no reason. I would say next week, you know, whatever it is, get rid of the coach, bring Eric in. Let him be a head coach, see what he's got for the remaining of the season, and uh, just go from there. You know, it's there's no reason to bring uh, these older guys in. Bring some young blood in and keep Eric in. See how well he does now. This is tryout time. I'm out of here. <laughs> Appreciate the calls for Coley. Uh, 1-800-636-1067 is the number. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll bring on Grant Paulson, the co-host of Grant Danny. Got to talk to Albert Breer earlier today, and we'll get his thoughts on what he had to say, what Albert had to say about Josh Harris and the Josh Harris ownership group being interested in Bill Belichick. We'll hear from Grant Paulson on that next on the fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It is overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. The youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, will take you up to 10 o'clock tonight before we hand things over to Tech Talk Live. We'll talk some Thursday night football uh, as well as the show rolls on. They just kicked off over on Amazon Prime. If you if you got to listen to Thursday night football, you can flip over to our sister station, the Team 980 and you can hear Westwood One's coverage of the game. Right now, the Ravens starting with the football. And Zay Flowers, that super stud, they got it wide receiver, just got all the way down deep into Bengals territory. Uh, so we'll update you on the Ravens drive as the night goes on. Right now, though, I want to go out to the BetQL guest hotline. It is where we are joined by the child prodigy, one of my favorite, Grant Paulson, the co-host of Grant and Danny, right here weekdays, 2 to 6.30 on the fan. GP, how you doing, my man? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I am good. You guys had on Albert Breer, senior reporter from the MMQB, earlier this afternoon, and he gave legs to the report that we heard last week from Mike Florio that the Josh Harris group had potential interest in bringing Bill Belichick here in some capacity. We don't really know if that was just as head coach or as the GM, but based on what you heard today from Albert, what is your initial reaction? Well, I mean, he kind of fueled the fire that's been growing a little bit. And I wanted to talk to Breer because he's very plugged in in New England. Right. Used to cover that team, obviously, still lives up that way, uh, works out of Boston, and is super, uh, I think, reliable as a credible source. Um, he says that he's been hearing these rumors about the commanders being linked to Belichick and interest, whether it's mutual or not, I'm not really sure. Uh, for some time, and he commended Mike Florio for being the first one to get it to the extent that you know, he could put it out there a couple of weeks ago. But I kind of dismissed it, Linnell, a few weeks ago when yeah. we first heard that. I just thought it was silly. It was the week they were playing the Patriots. Uh, the idea was that Washington could trade for him, which sounds like a fantasy football nonsensical thing anyway. <laughs> so I was kind of out, uh, to be completely honest. <laughs> but in the last several days, seeing some of the developments here with whether it was Dan Orlovsky, who's not a reporter, coming out and saying he'd heard not only that Belichick will be somewhere else, but he already knows where. Uh, you kind of add that to the Florio thing. You start counting up teams that might be working ahead to next year, knowing they're going to have a different coach. Right. There's only a few of them. Washington might be one. Uh, and then, you know, Breer yesterday with Dan Patrick had said essentially that you know, he would not be surprised if Washington made a push for Bill Belichick. So I'm just kind of connecting dots. You know, I looked into, among other things, the relationship between Josh Harris and Belichick's son, who's eventually, uh, excuse me, um, 
uh, Kraft's son, who's eventually mm-hmm. going to take over the team, Jonathan Kraft, which Breer talked a lot about today. Those two guys were together in school, uh, law school at one point, know each other well. So there's a lot of kind of just mm-hmm. interesting coincidences, I'd say. Things like Linnell, um, look at the coaches that he's hired, right? Yeah. Doc Rivers, top 10 in wins all time. You know, legend uh, hockey, Lindy Ruff, 23 years in the National Hockey League, top five in wins. He's kind of got a type with the teams that he owns with the Devils and, and the Sixers in the past. So it's not the craziest thing I've heard. Uh, I wouldn't want it or, yeah. or like it, to be completely <laughs> honest. But that's a different question than is there any possibility that you know, these rumblings are more than just crazy rumors. Well, well, let me get right to it. You provide us the perfect segue. I, I said it earlier, GP. I'm receptive of him being here as just the coach, but giving him – final say over all personnel moves, it feels redundant and like the situation you just got out of. Now, obviously, Belichick is a more revered coach uh, than Ron is, but in what – so you're basically saying you're out on him in, in all facets. Well, I think he's a good football coach still. Right. And I think people sleep on the fact that if you give all 32 of the current NFL head coaches the same 53 players – I think Bill Belichick gets better results out of that team than the vast majority of coaches. And in that, if we're ranking a top 10 in the NFL, like on those standards, I actually think he probably still reaches the top 10. Uh, he is an a awful player picker <laughs> and evaluator. Like that has now been proven over a long, long time. So I just think any situation where he would have major control over the roster or personnel is a situation I have zero interest in. And I have a hard time believing that one of the winningest, most postseason successful coaches and arguably the greatest coach of all time is going to leave New England to go anywhere else when there's probably going to be multiple suitors and he's going to sign up to do less. You know, in other words, I don't want to be the GM anymore. I'm fine with a little bit of a demotion. (laughs) I'll just be a head coach and I'll answer to some 42-year-old hotshot GM who's doing this for the first time, who's an assistant GM somewhere else. No chance. I, I think his ego's too big. You know, is Nick Saban leaving Alabama right. to be a coordinator right. somewhere? Like, I mean, probably not. The, the one thing, though, GP, and I understand it, we're trying to make light of it and, and understand why it would happen. You don't think that the relationship with Jonathan Kraft and Josh Harris, you don't think – Josh getting all the due diligence and, and getting all the background on Belichick. You don't think that aids to this, you don't, because I, I think that was when you when you brought that out, I, I thought that really like perked my ears up because it didn't seem like there were any dots between the two, and like you said, it kind of felt like it was coming out of nowhere. But if those two went to school together and they have a relationship, doesn't that ease the big hurdle in all of this? Which would be, how does Belichick even get out of New England? Yeah, I mean, totally. If they have a relationship, which I wasn't aware of and didn't have a lot of information on, and frankly, it's one of the reasons we got Albert on today, who expounded upon some of that. But, yeah, if they are tight enough, his point is those two guys could work this out. You know, they they they're, they can negotiate. They're negotiators. Um, so that, that I think, sure, that, that helps you clear a hurdle. I think there are many other hurdles. Right. I mean, the thing for me, just to play devil's advocate, because, again, I don't – I dismissed this as just foolish like a couple of weeks ago. And I did said, too. Uh, you know, not, not to act like we're above right. anything, it just right? Didn't but make I was, a lot of we're sense. not going to, 
Yeah, exactly. And I was like, we're not going to waste you know, important airtime in the middle of the football season on this. And it just kind of didn't go away. And then more and more people kept jumping in. And it's not random people with blogs I've never heard of. I mean, these are, you know, really high level uh, information gathering sourced folks in the NFL media circles. So that's kind of where, okay, at some point we start doing some dot connecting, as you called it. And, and this is now worth the conversation. Where I would push back still, and I kind of mentioned this with Breer today as we, we uh, more than just the interview and asking him questions, kind of had a convo about it. It feels to me, and maybe I'm just wish casting, uh-huh. but it feels to me like the momentum with this ownership group is to go analytical, to go young, to go numbers driven, to go forward thinking, to go futuristic. And all of those things to me scream like young offensive mind play caller. You marry with a quarterback, whether that's, you know, the enemy is not young, obviously he's in his mid fifties, right. but uh, an Eric, the enemy was a first time play caller. If he gets a shot in the interview process or somebody else, you know, to me, like if you ask me, you have to right now go to the window with all of your money and bet on what their number one choice would be. I would say they'd hire a hot shot GM candidate who crushes the press conference on day one as an assistant in one of the great organizations. And they back up the Brinks truck for uh, Ben Johnson in Detroit, who everybody wants. Like that to me is more along the lines of the, at least the message sending and some of the aura that they're putting out there of what they want this thing to look like. And that is the antithesis of the splash hire of the six time champion or whatever the hell it is, New England. Bill Belichick was one of the greats to ever do it. Because what I brought up to Danny, and I'm sure you know this already, Linnell, this is kind of common knowledge, but I just always like reiterating this. Like There has never been, believe it or not, an NFL head coach who's won a Super Bowl anywhere and then been hired elsewhere and won another one. Like Think about how crazy that is with all the guys like Mike Shanahan and Mike Holmgren and um, – you know, the, like Bill Parcells and these guys that like get brought org to org to like be my culture creator. Like no one's ever won in two places. Yeah. It's really hard to do. And sometimes, and I think in Belichick's case, you're seeing this, like some of the magic wears off. Or you just lose your Hall of Fame quarterback. Right? I mean, there's, there's that too. Well, that's a factor. <laughs> but I, I think that people love doing that. I think that's lazy. Like that was years ago. They went and got Mac Jones, and they were in the playoffs hanging with Buffalo the next year. I mean, you know, so I, I people love making everything an either-or. I think it's way more complicated than that. Joined right now by Grant Paulson on the BetQL Guest Hotline. You can catch him weekdays 2 to 6.30 right here on Grant – excuse me, right here on The Fan. Grant, what I'm about to say to you, I'm, I'm, I'm prefacing it with saying I, I know people are going to get annoyed and roll their eyes when I say this, but – uh-oh. I counted <laughs> I counted counted three or four times this afternoon during you guys' interview with Breer where unprompted he brings up, well, it's not a foregone conclusion that Josh Harris and company are going to move on from Ron Rivera and the Marty Party. Do you think that has more to do with Albert's relationship with Ron? Or do you think that the Harris group is really turning over or leaving no stone unturned when it comes to the future of this franchise? Well, I think it's, first of all, it's the respectful thing to do. Yeah. You know, I know people don't care a lot about that, but I, I do it when we talk about the future. It's, you know, it feels unfair in a way. It's not, but it doesn't feel right to talk about who's going to be the coach next year when they've currently got one. You know, if yeah. they were the, um, you know, the Raiders and they had an interim head coach and had already fired their head coach, then I don't think you'd feel as, 
maybe it, it wouldn't be as necessary to kind of provide that caveat. But I think his point is there's a lot of football left. Like this team is a game out of the playoffs. You know, if they went on a four or five game patented Rivera winning streak and they get <laughs> into the double digits and, yeah. you know, make the playoffs or whatever, now you're having a whole different conversation. So I just think you're covering your bases. I think you're being respectful. I think you're, you're trying. I mean, people view this as like, you know, like we're playing Madden. Like you just hit the, if you, if you want to fire someone, you hit X. Right. I mean, these are human beings. They got families, they got kids. <laughs> so Really? I just think that more than anything, he, exactly. If I was talking about someone getting fired, you know, at another place, I would try to have some some decorum about how you're doing it. So I don't think it's that he's buddies with Ron or tight with Ron. I think it's that the job's not open. Right. So same thing with the Chargers, right? Like if you're talking about, you saw the report today, um, Gary Myers, I think, who's like a, a longtime columnist and author out of the Northeast, uh, he, he has sources, I guess, telling him that the Chargers are a team that like Belichick really wants to go to or something. He's the first guy to say anything other than the commanders. Well, I bring that up to say, if you're talking about them, him going to the Chargers, like Brandon Staley's still their coach, right. and there's a, a absolute path to him being their coach next year. So I just think you have to acknowledge that, and I think that's all he was doing. Is it likely? No, it's not likely that Ron Rivera's back. I personally believe that he won't be and that the ownership group currently knows that. But like, is there, it's, it's non, you can't tell me that it's a 0% chance. Well, Grant, let let, let me ask you this thing, Grant, if the ownership group knows that he's not going to be back. And I'm sure you all have discussed this on the show. What is the benefit of having Ron finish the season? Then you don't get to get a look at Eric B for free, basically. And, And then it puts you behind the other teams that are going to have in-season firings here in the next seven weeks? Well, so it's a couple things, right? I I think number one, to answer your question directly, when they officially know, when they've come to the conclusion that Ron Rivera is definitely not going to be our head coach next year as an ownership group, Mm -hmm. I think what you're asking is totally relevant and fair. I don't know that there is a benefit other than if you're trying to do him a solid or you like the guy or you you think he deserves – you know, whatever kind of dignity comes with finishing it out and not being blown out in the middle I mean, of the season, which <laughs> I don't, I don't buy that. Like this is NFL football, you know, this, this is big boy stuff. So, and I don't even know if Ron, if, if he, they knew they're moving on from him, if he would want that. Right? right. So I don't want to speak for him, but there isn't really one. There's, there's no reason. I don't think if you're sure when they come to that conclusion, I don't think they're there yet. I guess what I'm saying is my assumption would be, that they know right now it is very unlikely that they stick with this group. I'm, I'm quite sure. Like, I'll bet you they already know definitively that he won't be the GM here. I would right. be stunned knowing these guys from afar and, and how they operate if they haven't already come to the conclusion that this front office led by Rivera can't do this and they need someone better. That doesn't mean he can't be the coach. You're going to have to have a tough conversation if you want him to be the coach. Does he want to hang on with a new GM and be evaluated by that person in his final fifth year? But I think what's most likely is they bring in a new GM, they bring in a new head coach, and they they get this thing rolling with a new duo. That's the scenario that seems most likely, Grant Paulson. It is going to be an eventful offseason, and I said it earlier, it was probably a little bit of a hyperbole, but the next seven weeks, probably the most important for, for the future of this franchise moving forward, man. A lot of questions to be answered. Uh, in terms of the quarterback position. I do want to ask you about Sam Howell here for a second. 
question we're going to ask once we get off with you, GP, if Hal's play over the past three weeks continues for the rest of the season, how do you think it impacts the future of the team? Well, if he continues to play in the weeks ahead, like he's played the last three weeks, then it impacts everything massively because you've got your quarterback for 2024 and likely beyond. Uh, the way he's played over the last three weeks has been incredible. I give Eric Bieniemy, by the way, a lot of credit who we could talk about, but my opinion on him, while I've always, I liked the hire and I liked how he views football and throws the football, um, has completely now blossomed over these last few weeks. I think he's made massive strides as a uh, offensive coordinator, but specific to how, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's, barring some type of massive regression or like ultra disappointing finish, it's hard for me to not envision him as the starter at the beginning of next year. But I think if he continues to play at this level, we could start having conversations about ceiling, you know, Mm -hmm. how good he could be, whether they unearthed the potential legitimate gem at the position and, you know, whether it's not just into next year, but if this is a much longer term, possibility remember there's nothing they got to do now and i kind of keep going back to the well on this like everyone wants to have this discussion constantly and i get it i'm as guilty as anybody every game every throw seems to be a referendum we all got all 22 access now but like everybody wants to always talk about him with this kid specifically is he the long-term guy is he the answer is this the guy they're going to get a second contract with well there's nothing they can do until after next season like let's say they wanted to sign him to a 10-year deal they can't do it until after next year. It's got to be three years post-draft. So all they can do right now is sit and watch. So there's so much football left this season to help them with their evaluation. And then you go into next year, and you still have that full year before you can even offer them a contract. But I would say, you know, the way he's played these last few weeks, the trajectory of his year, he's playing. He's clearly a starter. And the question right. is, you know, how, how legit is this guy in terms of, could he be not only a you know a middle of the pack type starter? Could he be a top half of the league guy who really gives you a chance to be a, a win because of guy more than just a win with guy? It's what the nev- excuse me. It's what the next seven weeks are about. Grant Paulson, appreciate you giving us some time. We'll do it again soon, my man. All right, appreciate you, bro. Be good, Leno. That is Grant Paulson, ladies and gentlemen, the co-host of Grant Danny. You can hear it each and every day right here on the fan weekdays two to six thirty. What I asked GP there at the end, I want to go into more detail about it. I'm not surprised at Grant's answer, but it honestly is like opening up Pandora's box. And it's the ultimate hypothetical, but it's what Josh Harris and it's what the talent evaluators across the league and folks that are going to be candidates for this job, if it opens, it's what they're going to be talking about. What do you make of Sam Howell moving forward? Because I've been on the record saying that if he plays the way he played the last three weeks, I think all the conversations that we've had prior to this point get thrown out the window. You got two years left to control. I think Grant points out a super detail that, look, even if he does play well the final seven games of the season, you can't just tear up his contract and sign him to a new one. He's got to play all of next year as well. So a lot of time left to evaluate Sam. But when you look at what he's shown you to this point, like Grant, like myself, and as others have alluded to, if you continue to get this play for the rest of the year, I think the conversation and narrative switches to, is he the starter next year to, is he your long-term answer at quarterback? We'll take a quick timeout. 
When we come back, we'll answer that question and zero in on that in more detail. If Sam Howell's play over the past three weeks continue, how does it impact the future of the Washington Commanders? We'll go into more detail on that next year on The Fan. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. We're riding with you for about another hour and a half before we dish things over to Tech Talk Live. want to give a big shout-out to Grant Paulson for joining us in the last segment. If you missed any of my conversation with GP, make sure you download the always free Odyssey app and use the Odyssey Rewind feature uh, to hear my conversation with Grant. Reacting to the big news of the day here locally, Albert Breer, the MMQB, hopped on with Grant and Danny earlier today and confirmed that he also has been hearing uh, around NFL circles that there is interest from Josh Harris and the Josh Harris ownership group in bringing in Bill Belichick. Uh, we've discussed that from every angle there is possible for the entirety of the show up to this point. I want to add another layer to this whole situation. Now, that's the quarterback that's currently under center for Washington, talking about Sam Howe. And the question I posed to Grant is the same one I'll pose to you guys. If Sam Howell's play over the next seven games is a lot similar to what we've seen here the last three weeks, how does it impact the future of the team? Because we know Sam Howell is in year two of a four-year rookie contract. If Sam Howell over the next seven games, Liz, and I think it's easy for us to try to project that based on what we've seen already, but we don't know what improvements he could have. We don't know what steps back uh, he could possibly have. I'll say this, though. Over the next seven games, if Sam Howe keeps up what he's done, I think it really makes things different here in D.C., and that's obvious. You would have a long-term answer at quarterback for the first time in a long time. But then based on how much money Sam Howell is making, $2.9 years, $2.9 million over the next two seasons, to me, you now enter your Super Bowl window. You now have to use all of the draft capital that you acquired from trading Sweat and Young, and you now get to use all the cap space that you'll have from not having to sign them you got to go beef up the rest of your roster around Sam Howe. Offensive line, tight end, another wide receiver, maybe a marquee running back. Improving this defense is just as important. But I think the conversation gets real interesting if Howe continues to play well. And based off what we've seen, I think it's safe to bet he probably, he probably should be the guy going into next year. It just makes a ton of sense. Now, there obviously are other options for you, especially if Josh Harris and company decide to bring in a new staff and a brand-new regime in front office. If that's the case, it's up to that group to decide whether or not they want Howell or not. The other option they could potentially have is ponying up the assets that they have and ponying up that draft capital to go up and get the quarterback of their choosing coming up in April's draft. A lot of talent evaluators in the college world. There's a consensus that Caleb Williams is going to be the best quarterback coming out. And a lot of folks feel like he's the best quarterback prospect to come out in a while. And before we even get into all of that, let's talk about Caleb Williams. Look, 
I know I'm just a dumb radio host, and you all think I know nothing about the game of football. But based on what we've seen from Caleb Williams in 2023, I, I just would be really hesitant to trade major draft capital. Oh, Lord. Lamar Jackson down on Thursday Night Football. They're already dealing with big injuries. Mark Andrews went out and has already been ruled out for the rest of the game. Lamar just had a scramble to Baltimore's sideline, and as he tried to get up, he's holding his left Achilles. So we'll see what actually happened. He got chased to the sideline by Logan Wilson, and maybe looked like the ankle maybe rolled or something, but he's holding his Achilles. He tried to get up. He put pressure on. He's holding the Achilles. We'll get you up to speed on that as we get information on it. But Baltimore up 7-3. Get ready to punt the football, but Lamar Jackson down on the turf. Uh, he's been helped over to the sideline or helped and walked over to the sidelines. We'll see what's actually going on with the eight car. But back to the situation at hand here in D.C. Moving forward, if Sam is your guy and he's going to be under contract for the next two years, you got to make a decision here. The new football people that eventually will get hired and, yeah, I'm saying it. I do think Ron and company probably are fired, but we've already discussed there's so many other scenarios. So to say that it's a foregone conclusion is this is incorrect at this point. But your other option would be is if that new front office comes in here and decides, you know what, Sam Howell's not the quarterback for me. Uh, Lamar now going into the blue medical tent to get looked at. So we'll, we'll get you up to speed on that as we, as we get word. Caleb Williams is the hotshot prospect coming out of college football. And a lot of folks feel like he's a generational talent at the position. I think the conversation starts there. If Is there a quarterback, whether it's Caleb, whether it's Drake May, whether it's Michael Penix from Washington, whether it's Bo Nix, you name it. If there is a quarterback that the new regime falls in love with and they're willing to pony up draft capital to go get him, I think that conversation has to be had as well. But I'm telling you why I wouldn't do that especially if Sam Howell plays well down the stretch. If Howell plays well down the stretch, it becomes brutally honest that he's going to be the guy next year. Your job and your responsibility, if you believe in him, should be to surround him with the most talent possible on offense and on defense. Up front, you got to upgrade your offensive line. You probably need two, a guard and two tackles. Defensively, I mean, you might need a wholesale makeover on that side of the football. I think you can stand to add another wide receiver. A bunch of different ways you can go with building this roster around Sam Howell on a rookie deal. And it ain't just your traditional rookie deal. It's a fifth-round rookie deal. The other side of that coin is trading up to go get Caleb Williams. And based on what I've seen from Caleb in 2023, I'm starting to, this may be the bigger news of all of this, I'm starting to question whether or not he's going to have instant success at the NFL level. If you watch USC, and you've gotten the opportunity to sit down and watch Caleb Williams for four quarters, there are going to be some stuff and some plays that jump off the page and make you drool and make your jaw drop and go, whoa, I can't believe what I'm watching at the quarterback position. But if you really pay attention to Caleb, I don't know if he has the ability to play on schedule at the NFL level. A lot of what USC does looks like backyard football. It feels like rarely is Caleb Williams playing on time with the football. Everything seems off script and off schedule. 
And that's a dangerous way to live at the next level. So in terms of how refined Caleb is as a quarterback, I'm just not sure in terms of footwork and playing on schedule within the pocket. And the other thing about Caleb Williams that kind of makes me go, duh, defenses at the NFL level, this ain't the Pac-12, my boy. Like, it's, it's much different. The guys are a lot faster. They're a lot better athletes. You watched the game against Washington a couple of weeks ago. I mean, his ability to run around and create off schedule, he ain't the fastest guy in the world. I, I can't wait to, till April in, in combine season where we get to get the true numbers on Caleb and how good of an athlete he actually is. Because I'm not sure he's that damn good of an athlete. Is it just Pac-12 defenses? I don't know. I'm not going to deny that he's got tremendous arm talent. And he's a freak physically. But in terms of what it would take to get him here in D.C., I think going with Sam Howell probably is just the better option. You don't got to give up picks. And based off of how the two have looked, when Caleb comes in next year as a rookie, Sam's probably going to be light years ahead of where he is. Now, from a potential standpoint, just in terms of the arm talent, you probably could say, yeah, Caleb's got the higher ceiling. And you got more years of control with the contract. There's so many different ways to look at it. But to me, based off of where the two players are, I think Sam's just better right now in terms of being an NFL quarterback. And then in order to acquire Caleb or any quarterback within the top five, the assets that you're going to have to pony up to me is just not worth it. I said it at the top of the show, the next seven weeks here for the Washington Commanders, the final seven games of the season. Probably going to be the most impactful in the history of this franchise. The Josh Harris group officially is on the clock, man. It's all good with the honeymoon phase, buying brews, having great press conferences. All that is great. But at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. And can you field the best, most competitive team possible? Quick update here on Thursday Night Football. Lamar Jackson Walking off gingerly. He's going to go into the locker room. Ravens already down Mark Andrews after he got hurt earlier in this football game. And it looks like he's testing it out on the sideline right now. Doesn't seem like they're not going to take Lamar Jackson back out to the locker room. End of the first quarter in Baltimore. Ravens up 7-3 over the Bengals in an all-important AFC North matchup. We'll keep you up to speed on that uh, as the rest of the show rolls on here. When we come back, Take a big picture look at the National Football League. One of my favorite segments to do here on Overtime. It's time for No Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League. We're getting ready to enter week 11. Who's starting to separate themselves in terms of being a contender or a pretender? It's No Super Six Pack next here on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.